Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, guys? I just want to let you know that I am a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. If you like this show, and if you're listening to this, I really hope you do, go to GiantSizeTeamUp.com for more shows like this one. We've got shows like Breaking the Panel. They talk about all the hot topics in comic books today. We've got Botched, a D&D podcast. A bunch of friends get together, get trashed, and go through the fifth edition of Dungeons & Dragons. We have Pokemon Go. We have Marvel Cinematic Universe. We have DC On Screen. We have Booze and Phasers. A show done by our lovely ladies that drink wine and talk about Star Trek. It's pretty cool, right? Uh, Many other shows. Please go there and check that out. And uh, as always, like the Blazing Defender Report. And now for your listening pleasure, the Blazing Defender Report with your host, Travis Jones. Welcome, everyone, to a special giant-sized team-up edition of The Report. Today, I'm going to be talking about the best comic books of 2017. And that is a job just a little too big for the Blazing Defender. So I had to call in my trusty sidekick, the one, the only. He is my Chewbacca, my Robin, my Bucky. He is the one and only Casey Strolls from Breaking the Panel. What's going on, Casey? Yeah, boy. <laughs> Fantastic. You had no idea I was going to give you that intro either, did you? No, I listen, anytime you can build me up to be the sidekick I've always dreamed of, I'm in. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That is fantastic. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, the Blazing Defender Report, if you, I know you do because I say it every show, I am a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up with great shows like Botch, Toy Power, Pokemon Go, Breaking the Panel, and Casey is one of the new co-host of breaking the panel casey tell people that have never watched breaking the panel what what kind of show it is uh well depend depending on who else you ask in the network uh <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna go with we're kind of a variety news show that uh deals with all things geeky um full frontal nerdity we've got friends of the show there's a lot of hashtags that get put in there but uh if you're looking for most of the the hottest news uh, and stuff that you care about, feel free to check out Breaking the Panel. It's comics and TV and movies and celebrity stuff and pretty much anything you want to shake your pop culture stick at every week. I agree. And I, and I will add to that that um, uh, the, there's two other co-hosts, uh, uh, Paul Klotz. Or, yes, yeah, Paul Klotz and um, shit, the big guy. Who am I forgetting, guys? <laughs> Charles McFall, the rock out of podcast. I didn't forget him. Uh, yes, Charles McFall. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, they bring a um, – I, 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 I hate to say, like, here we devolve the conversation. <laughs> there they evolve the conversation. Uh, you know, because sometimes I've – you know, I've co-hosted on the show sometimes, and uh, I've been kind of like – 
wow, man, that's a really deep point that Paul just made. Not so much Charles, but Paul makes some really, some really deep points. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's actually like, it's a show that I listen to. Like it's, uh, I'm not saying I don't listen to other shows on network. You've only got so much time in the day, especially when you do your own show, uh, and developing another one, but um it's a it's a fantastic show i really enjoy it casey is um not just blowing smoke because he's on my show um but he's a i think he's a going to be a very great fit for uh chris wisdom who's leaving the show because he's being deployed uh in february i believe um is that right um is that right casey yeah, he's taken right. off, but he he might be around if we do a Black Panther oh. panel. He's still on the fence about that, so he may have one last be great. hurrah past, past the last That would Jedi be fantastic. Uh, uh, me and Chris give each other – we're like – he's like my little brother. I mean, like, honestly. Uh, we've only met one time when I was at Dragon Con back in September, and he's like uh, he's like my little brother. Like, we give each other so much shit. Like, you wouldn't think we like each other. Like, if you were an outsider listening, like, holy shit, these two motherfuckers get ready to fight. I feel sorry for that little guy. He's going to get fucking mauled. <laughs> but I love Chris. Chris is fantastic. He's, he's serving our country, and he's getting deployed in February. So, Godspeed to Chris, and I want him to come back safely, and I would love to see him on a Black Panel Panther. Or, shit, a Black Panther panther panel that's kind of fucking hard to say okay guys um real quick um i got some sponsors i want to talk about they make this shit possible for me uh collector zone collectorzone.com i've kind of on the video i've kind of smashed its banner down a little bit because i want you to see the fucking shirt yo check the shirt out um collectorzone.com guys for all your collectible needs they've got mezco funco they've got the best and in collectibles, check out their website. They got a ton of stuff and check this shit out. This is what kind of sets them apart from all the other collectible retailers. If you can't find something like a Funko Pop, um, how many Funko Pops do you think there are in the world, Casey? Hmm, man, 50, 100, right. more? Yeah, right. Uh, uh, put a B on the end of that, I think, and you'd be even <laughs> closer there's billions of these fucking things man and they're really cool and they like when they first come out i was like oh god what the fuck is this shit like is this like a kid's toy or some shit and then like i seen a 75th anniversary captain america bobblehead and i was like oh shit i gotta have it you know and then like the thor ragnarok pops come out and i'm like oh marcos i gotta have these pops so they're they're like the number one collectible in the country right now. They're very affordable. And if you can't find one, get on Facebook, go to Collector Zone, instant message these guys, and they will look for it for you. They're out buying uh, some of the exclusives, like the store exclusives, the con exclusives, and they will look for you for for and, and that's that that sets them apart and that makes me love them that much more and they've got some high-end collectibles like mezco mezco makes fantastic action figures like action figures for rich people uh they're beautiful you can pose them up like statues they have great stands great articulation great detail uh they're fantastic check them out at mezco.com but you can buy them on collector zone and the next one is is dear to my heart it's veteran owned they only hire vets which is fantastic and that's fucking black rifle coffee i just got my shipment in the mail like two days before christmas i thank you janet for getting that out for me i appreciate it and what do i have it oh yeah 
I didn't have the they have a holiday uh, blend out that is fantastic. And the bag is really cool, too. That's kind of what I want to show you. But this is the new one. Snipers Hide. Uh, I think it used to be Sniper Smooth and they changed the name to it. I'm not sure why. But uh, this is a light roast. Which, it's definitely sniping. Yes, it will snipe your ass is what it will do to get your <laughs> ass up and going in the mornings. I've got to have my coffee in the morning, and Black Rifle is what I choose to drink. Uh, it's fantastic. Join their coffee club. Uh, I don't have a coupon code, but if you email me, I'll get one for you. But check that shit out, guys. Oh, yeah, and Marcos just said Civil Warrior soon. Have you seen that pop, Casey, the Civil Warrior pop? It's like I don't think so. It's a it's a Captain America inspired pop. Is that right, Marcos? It's like it's a different it's it it's Cap, but it's kind of like an alternate version Cap. Really? Cool. Oh my god, he looks like Optimus Prime. Yeah, are you looking at it? I just googled yes. it. Yes, is that not awesome looking? Oh, that's sick. <laughs> no, man. I'm like, dude. I, I email Marcos. I'm like, dude. I sent him a picture. I'm like, can you get this? Uh, yeah, I can get it. <sighs> money and as soon as it comes in he'll ship it to me so yeah collector's own black rifle check those guys out okay enough of bullshit casey and i have our best of 2017 comic list i don't know about you casey but this was this was kind of a rough one for me it hasn't really been a great year for comics to be honest with you i totally agree but that's the reason now and this is the reason that i didn't make it a top 10 because we could have done that. Top 10 would have been a, a real uphill battle, I'll tell you. Well, well, I have some honorable mentions. And this is we had some criteria that we wanted to follow, guys. And I know some of my listeners are, like, new to comic books. Okay? And, like, you're my audience. Like, you're the guys. Like, I love the hardcore fan. I'm always going to love you because I am hardcore and you know that. Casey's hardcore. But uh, some of the people, like, they, they come to me because they want to know more about this character, that character, their kids are into this character, that character. So I kind of patted my show after that. So some don't of- you love being that guy though? <laughs> like when, when you enter a room, people are like, Hey man, you know, I really, my kid really wants to get into Batman. Where do I start? And you're like, bro, I got you. It's the Tom King run. Yes. Start from the beginning at number one, <laughs> like all about it. Yes. You know, what's funny is there is a, uh, this is totally off subject. I, I know I have some firefighters in the chat right now, so they're going to get a kick out of this. Um, I am on the fire department here in, in Louisville, Kentucky, and there is a guy that I came in the fire department with almost 20 years ago. In March, it'll be 20 years. He came, We came in together, uh, and he's not the most light guy, like for 20 years. He hasn't been the most like guy. We actually lived together for a while after the academy. Like we all got a house together, had a lot of fun. He is a different individual. And I t- when people go, oh, I hate that guy. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like there's times I wanted to punch him in the throat too. I under- totally understand. But I love him. We've we've had bar fights together. We've you know picked up each other's bar tab together. I mean, we've just we've we're guys and we've bonded that way. Well, he's taking a chief's job in another state. So he's actually a district chief, which is a pretty high ranking uh, officer in my fire department. He's at my firehouse, but we're on different shifts, but we see each other coming and going. So in the mornings at the coffee table, if you don't know, everything's talked about at, like all world problems are solved at the fire department coffee table. Like we all sit and drink coffee. We all bitch. We all talk about stuff and we solve all problems. Well, <clears throat> this guy comes in, I almost said his name. This guy comes in and like, he's been talking to me a lot anyway lately because he's taking this job. I don't know why. I have no idea why, 
But and he started talking about comics to me. And everybody was like sending me text. We're all in the room now. And everybody's sending me text. My phone is blowing up and I'm looking at the at my phone and they're like, holy shit. This this guy's gonna miss you, man. He's talking to you about comic books. Like, this is the last guy in a million years you would ever think would talk about a comic book movie, a comic book. But he was asking questions and he was like really into it, man. So it was kind of cool. So my point being is, yes, Casey, I do like being that guy. Um, and it kind of showed the other guys there a different side of this guy that they haven't never seen before. You know what I mean? Like he's everybody else. He has likes, he has dislikes, he has feelings. You know what I mean? He's kind of an asshole, but uh, he likes comic books. So he's good in my book. But yes, I do like being that guy. So in, in, in saying that, we did have a little bit of a criteria. Um, we actually said there it, it, the, this because uh, there have been some new series that have started that w- he and I really like. And Captain, America. Captain America is the big one, but it's only got two issues out. So I don't want to say Captain America is one of the best titles of 2017 because it really doesn't have enough content. Okay, and like I'm looking at my list, and so that said, those two issues. If you're not reading Cap, jump oh on. Oh my it now. god, yeah, Mark Wade, Chris Somney, killing it as always. They killed it on Black Widow. They killed it on Daredevil. There's nothing these two guys can't do together that isn't like instant. Yes, magic. That, that Black Widow run. It I, like they've been talking about a Black Widow movie forever, and I'm kind of like, eh, what would it be about when when Sammy and That's Wade it. got on the book? this is what the movie would be about. Like, I was like, oh my God, we need a Black Widow movie now. Like, it's got to happen. It's the only run of Black Widow I've yeah. ever oh, picked of up. Course. And I, I loved, loved it. it. And when I heard they were getting on Cap, after Cap's kind of had a rough 2017. Uh, Maybe the worst year ever he's ever had. had. 75 years, the worst year. Thanks, uh, Spencer. Uh, really, really appreciate that. But this, this, <sighs> this, uh, team on them is fantastic. We're going to talk. We're going to talk a little bit about those two uh, in our in our in our best of 2018 little preview that we're going to give at the end of the end of the show. But uh, so that was kind of some of the the criteria. Like I want you guys to be able to go and buy the trade paperback of this run that we're talking about. Um, and that way, it's a, a trade paperback for those of you who don't know <clears throat> for first time watchers. Um, it's a collected uh, uh, version of of these single issues. Like it's a collected set, all in one. Um, Usually anywhere between five and eight issues, maybe up to twelve. But when you hit about twelve issues, you'll probably get a hardcover. Yeah, and out like first. even some of the smaller runs are coming out in hardcovers, which is really really nice if you want to display it like in a bookcase or something. And uh, and they don't get all fucked up too. So. Uh, and usually the artwork is really fantastic on the hardcovers. You're going to pay a little bit more, but it's totally worth it. Yeah. Uh, and I do believe, like everybody in my list, that there is that trade available. So, uh, and I think in my notes, I have which one I want you to get. So, all right, uh, Casey, if you want to, I'll let you start since you're the guest. Um, if you want to just go through maybe like two or three of your honorable mentions. Okay, uh, I'm gonna my first honorable mention. Well, we already talked about how good Cap is. The only okay. reason he's on an honorable mention is because there's not enough of them yet. Right. Uh, my first honorable mention is gonna go to Uncanny Avengers. Oh, good one. Yes. Yeah, which is in its, I believe, third volume now. 
Uh, it started off like in 2012 uh, by Remender and Cassidy, and it was the original premise was it's sort of an Avengers team that's half X Men, half Avengers, and it's called the Unity Squad. Right. Which is really something that's kind of should have been done for years and kind of was like, you know, Beast was an Avenger for a long time. Wolverine's been an Avenger pretty much nonstop since like 2004. Um, but now it's like you got Rogue, you got Scarlet Witch, you had Havoc for a while. Like it was, you know, it was a pretty solid team and a, and a, and a really great book. Uh, and then volume three comes around and you get guys like uh, Dr. Voodoo, Hawkeye's on the team, Quicksilver's in there. It's a it's a great lineup of characters. They all get a lot of development. You get Cable and Deadpool on the same team. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's not the first time we've seen them together since that book ended in 2006. But it's the first time that like they're together and it really has that team up feel again. Right. Also, the art on most of this volume is done by Pepe Larraz, yes, who is awesome. so, so good. <laughs> um, other things he's done, if you're reading the Star Wars books out there, he did, I think, the entire run of Kanan. Uh, the la- um, I don't know if it was Kanan, The Last Jedi, but it was the, the book that tied into Star Wars Rebels. And that- oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, right, right. Yeah, that was, that was super good, too. But um, yeah, this book is everything I've wanted in an Avengers book. Uh, and I mean, it's got Rogue as the leader of the team, and she's always been my favorite X Man. So it's it's definitely worthwhile. Yeah, and actually, Volume One. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Cap Cap like made her the leader? Yeah, like that's hard to do. That's it's hard to lead a team when Cap's on the roster, right? But she did. Yeah, she did a great job. Like, he's like, listen, if this is going to work, you know, we've we've right. got to have some some new leadership, and it was. Right. Like she was as surprised as anybody because she got no, she almost got into a fight with the wasp because she put up a picture of Xavier in the Avengers Mansion. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. She she took down the uh, a picture of like the original like five Avengers and was like, all right, we're putting up Charles because we're all doing this in his, uh, you know, to right. his legacy because he was dead at the time. Back now, though, if you've been reading Astonishing X Men, yes, oh my god, which is my number two honorable mention. Ah, nice segue. Look at that transition. <laughs> I'm like a real professional on this show. <laughs> um, that's a is it, it is astonishing. A, it is astonishing the current volume, right? I'm not losing my mind. Right? No, it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the the latest volume, uh, which was is called Life of X, um, the first arc just finished. So I feel like it's safe to talk about. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yes. Solid, solid lineup. You have Old Man Logan because regular Wolverine is back, but not. not he's yet. not in anything yet. Right, right. Um, yeah, like we've seen him in in Legacy, but that was it. Right. Uh, but you got you got Beast, you got Phantom X, you got Rogue again. Um, you have Psylocke, uh, and Gambit. And Bishop. Oh, yeah, you have Bishop and Angel. So the, the team gets together and they they fight. They're fighting the Shadow King. He's back and he's he's like this psychic parasite that's seeping everywhere. And for those um, who don't know, the Shadow King is like one of the original X-Men villains. Like I remember like this, I, when I my first experience of comic books, my dad would buy me X-Men because he was a big Wolverine fan. So therefore it made me a Wolverine fan. And I remember that shadow, the first time I seen the Shadow King and him and Xavier were battling in like Dubai or wherever they were. They're sitting in a bar, like at two separate tables, just staring at each other. Yeah. And the whole time they're having this 
huge battle, like in the astral plane. It was just, it was fantastic. I remember being a kid, not really knowing what the fuck I'm reading, but I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's Uncanny now. X-Men 117, which is, that's a classic Claremont Byrne yes. issue. That's the good stuff. That's good stuff, man. Classic. Yeah. The Astonishing is um, a really good book. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. The cool thing about that book too is that it's uh, a lot of people don't like it because I know a, a lot of my friends really like consistency in their comic books. So if like you have one artist, you have him do a whole arc. This one had a different artist for every issue. Yeah. Which was kind of neat, but you had a bunch of A-list guys like you had Jim Chung draw the first one. Right. Um and you had uh Deodato draw a later one. Yes. Didn't McG- did McGinnis draw one? I feel I'm yes. like yes, the second issue, I believe. Yeah, so I mean, you got these like the the top guys in the Marvel bullpen working on this book, um, you know, in, in every other issue. I think it's great as a good jumping in point because you know the X Men books are kind of back on the upswing now that they realize people really, really don't care about the Inhumans, and they got to stop <laughs> trying. Right. So they're coming back. If you're looking to get back into X Men, I think this is the book for you. I totally agree. All right. Let's hear some of yours because I still got to think oh. about some other ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I've got I've got a few here. Uh, I'm gonna do two together. Um, like, okay, like when we talk comic books, you know, you've all everybody's heard of Marvel comics because they're fucking dominating the movies, right? Yeah. And then you've got DC comics. Well, then you've got some lesser known co- comic publishers, uh, and one that I think is very very overlooked right now is valiant comics and they've got uh actually three titles that i absolutely love and Dog, i know you're hitting me with that exo manor right now yes yes yeah, and boy. Like, that's just the one i was about it didn't make my list it is an honorable mention uh and i'm really shocked as i was going through my list i'm like holy shit exo's not gonna make it i don't think um, and I really wouldn't take anything out of my top five for it, but it is so good. The art is fantastic. Um, it's basically, I called him space Thor in an episode. And there was a guy in the chat that went, um, isn't Thor already in space? <laughs> and I was like, yes, asshole he is, but mainly we see him on Midgard, right? Like when he's doing a lot of shit, he's in Midgard. Uh, I know Aaron took him out into the outer reaches, but um, Exo Man of well, I, I mean, Thor, Thor by himself, too. Unworthy Thor came out this year. Oh, yeah. That uh, five-issue run, which was pretty solid. Um, yeah, and, you know, Thor was on a lot of best-of lists. And I like to feel like the first few arcs of Thor with the God Butcher and God Bomb, I just felt like those were better than what he's done with the female Thor. Still good run. It's still on on my honorable mention. But Exo Man of War, Bloodshot Salvation uh, by Jeff Lamar, or Lemire, however you want to say it. Fantastic. Great character development. Badass art, uh, violence, sex, you name it. It's got it. Another valiant book. Um, and I tell you two that are really kind of, um, out there for a lot of people, uh, this one, they're both image books and one is called the old guard. And, uh, the old guard is a book about a group of soldiers that are immortal and they've started like from the beginning of time. And when another immortal happens, and when I say happens, they're not really born 
They like kind of uh, it's kind of like the X gene, like around. They they awake. It's like Highlander. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm pretty sure that's where he kind of got this concept at. Uh, But yes, thank you. The Highlander. But it's like a group of Highlanders and they know about the other one and they go they go seek them out and bring them into the fold. And they're kind of like mercenaries. And what's different about the book is it is about what would happen and what would you think is important if you lived forever? Like things that we deem important because we know our life's over quickly. When you live forever, you don't really look at things the same way other people do. And it's really interesting when you get a group of mercenaries that are taking jobs um, that have this outlook. It's it's a really great book. The art's fantastic. It was just a very uh, original idea. So check out The Old Guard. I know the first volume's out. It's really, really good. Uh, Thor is on my list, of course. Um, there's just so much going on in Thor. I love it. I mean, I'm a big Thor fan. I know a lot of people got pissed off when he gave it to a woman, the the, the hammer Mjolnir to a woman, but it's been really, really great. Yeah, but she's earned her keep, man. She has. She's totally, she's legit. She's tearing ass through his entire rogues gallery. Oh, my God. And, like, it. I mean, I don't know if it's just me, but she seems, the hammer does things for her that it never did for, for the Odinson. Yeah. So, I mean, that right there in itself is like, whoa, what else can a hammer do? Well, you just have to read the book and check it out. But she. Yeah, this past, this past issue, she she gives you a little classic Marvel taste by arm wrestling. With Dude, Hercules. that was like if, if I had done a show that week, that would have been a nine five issue. That issue was so yeah. good. It had emotion, just cool shit. And of course, it had the Odinson in it, too, uh, which always. Yeah, you can't you can't chuck classic Thor nah, out of his own book. That's never, it's gonna, never happen. gonna happen. Uh, I think he's gonna get it back here pretty soon. It looks like looks like Jane may be at the end of her rope. Um, sadly, she's on the ropes with the big C. Yes, yes. When that's another thing is there's so much emotion with the cancer side uh, of the book too. They kind of got away from it for a few issues to tell a story. I get it, but I knew you knew they were gonna come back to it, and they do in that issue, and it's really really good. Uh, the last book on my honorable mention is Star Wars. <clears throat> now, um, the reason it didn't make my top five list, and I tell everybody they should read this book, is because there's a better Star Wars book out there. <laughs> exactly. And it is on my list. <laughs> um, but the the previous Aaron run, Jason Aaron, the writer, he did great things. And then when he found out he was coming off the book, he started giving us some one-shot stories uh, that were decent, but it, they were just one-shot stories. And then the whole Yoda, the young Yoda uh, storyline really fell flat for me. Like It's like one of the worst things I've read from Jason Aaron. I'm a huge Jason Aaron fucking fan. Like I carry his cock around with me all the time. I mean, like, <laughs> Jason Aaron, here's his cock. Uh. So, I mean, I love Jason Aaron, but that, you know, he can fuck up too. Hey, man, just because I like somebody don't mean they can't fuck up. And he did. Uh, so that's the reason this year Star Wars didn't quite make my list, which any other time it would have. Did I give you time? <laughs> I got to go. Yeah, I got another one. Okay. Uh, so Invincible is ending this year. Yes. Yes. Uh, which is a yeah huge long runner for since what 2003 uh yeah i'm not sure he's been around for a fucking long time he's got it's been forever he's got what is he on i forget what issue it's on the latest issue has got i think it's maybe 142 i know it's ending at 144 but um 
you know, just putting this book just in terms of 2017, uh, you get, you know, all right. So let me start with the background of the book. Sorry. So the background of the book is it starts off. It's basically what would happen if Peter Parker realized he was the son of Superman. There you go. He develops powers. He gets friends. He meets a bunch of teenagers. But the big twist is he finds out that his dad is only a superhero as a cover because he's an alien conqueror from a race of extremely violent, you know, basically the Saiyans from Dragon Ball. Right. Um, and uh, so I guess the art on that book, uh, Otley. Uh, it started with Corey Walker, but Otley has drawn has drawn like basically every issue since. Fantastic. So good. Right. Ryan Otley is fan. His battle scenes, like his action scenes where they're fighting, it's like you feel every blow. Yeah. Like, when you hold, you know, just speaking as a, a, fa- a true, like a, fa- a big fan of comic books in general, if your women are hot and your muscly dudes are huge, you're doing something right in comics. And you're right. <laughs> Otley absolutely nails it on every level. But nails it. you are right when you talk about the fights because you would be hard pressed to find a more violent superhero comic book. Right. I mean, there's like double page spreads splattered with blood. I mean, this is like there's dismemberment. That's like people getting decapitated. Oh, yeah. It's hugely violent. But at the same time, it's still like a lot of fun. And the characters get tons of development. You know, it's and, not like and, all serious. Robert Kirkman, Kentucky boy, might I add. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Robert's he he's he's been in my comic shop a few times. Uh, I've yet to meet him, of course, but uh, I will eventually. But he, he does this as well as anybody in comic books, uh, as far as the the way he can have characters portray uh, emotion. Um, and the, and the, what uh, is it? Mark? It's Mark is the, is the lead character in Invincible. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Mark is a, he's a kid. He's still a kid. He still has kid shit. He's still kind of, he's adolescent and immature about things. He deals with girls and girlfriends and secret uh, identities, all the classic, yeah. you know, Here's stuff you would have like coming of age superhero story. But by the time you you reach something like issue 140, 142, you know, he's got a wife, he's got a child, like there he's missed out on parts of his kid's life because he's been a superhero, you know, right. doing, you know, having adventures that most other comics wouldn't overlook like like time travel and alternate dimensions and and things like that. And this book has always been pretty big on on, you know, bucking trends and stuff like um even if it was just for like a joke or something like uh when Marvel or DC were like rebooting their universe as they tend to do every couple of years. You know, they had a story arc where Mark is given the chance to go back in time and, you know, save the world. Like, because he has a knowledge of history, like he could prevent like big disasters from happening before they do, but it would mean he never gets the girl and he never has a kid. And, you know, so much of what made him, you know, the hero that he is would be gone but the world would be a better place. So, you know, does he make the selfish decision? Does he not? They have stuff where, you know, he gets a, a minority replacement because, you know, the Miles Morales Spider-Man was big at the time. And, you know, people were on the fence where it's like, oh, you know, is Peter Parker going to be gone forever? And this well, book, you know, it, it gives you the niceness of it's like, well, this is what would happen if, you know, you put a woman or a person of color in this role, like how their experience as a superhero would be different. But at the same time, you know, the classics are still great on their own. 
and it's like a very it's like a, it's an upbeat story. It doesn't like drag its feet. It's not very right. ham handed, but it's it's got its finger on the pulse of comics. Right. So, yeah. And, and Kirkman's good at that, too. And like uh, he'll poke fun of like other stories that are going on in other companies, comic books. And it's like subtle, but you're like, ah, I see what you did there, Robert. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean you're starting your book over with a new number one? It's like, well, people will probably buy it. What do you mean? Probably. <laughs> right. All right. Well, you ready to get in your top five? Oh, I'm so ready. I'm no. down. Let's do this. All right, man. You got, you're up. Top, number five. Uh, number five, I'm going to go with Black Science by Rick Remender and Matteo Scalera. Okay. I've talked about it on this show before. Yep. Uh, I, I've, I've thrown some quips around, but Black Science is a book that combines a Exiles, which is bar none my favorite Marvel comic of all time, about uh, X-Men jumping into alternate realities. And love it. it also combines Fantastic Four because it's about a team of scientists. Okay. So Black Science yeah. is this great blend of a dysfunctional Fantastic Four meets X-Men meets Sliders. Okay. Wow. It's got everything I could ever want in a comic about, you know, super science and alternate realities and and you know, but the the real draw is not just just all the weird alien species they encounter, the the strange worlds they go into. In 2017 this book hit I don't want to say a benchmark for me, but it it got it went to a place where the main character um, Grant McKay has gone through so much. He's lost his family, his friends, everything in the name of science and, and the, his pursuit of discovery. And he's finally committed himself to being a better person, fixing the worlds that have been damaged just in the wake of you know, traveling. It's like it, it's like it causes cracks in the world whenever people jump in time in this world. Oh, okay. So Every time they move around, things get a little bit worse somewhere else, but they didn't find out until it was too late. Uh, um, so now you've got like races of alien conquerors that have their hands on this technology trying to use it for themselves who aren't aware that even if they succeed in conquering all of reality, it's just going to collapse in on itself. Right. So but like the, he, the classical time, uh, time travel paradox, like – Oh yeah, you 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 can't you if you do you want to do it you're going to fuck up eventually, right? Uh, Jason so, in the chat is asking if it's like the librarians, the TV show. I'm not sure if you're familiar. I've never seen. Okay, that. Um, I'm I, and I haven't. I, I'm aware of Black Science, but I've never read it, Jason. But it it yes, because uh, basically the librarians they have this library um, where. Uh, they go through and they change events in time because there's been a fracture in the time, the time continuum or time travel continuum or whatever they call it. And they're basically going back and it's kind of like a uh, legends of tomorrow. I don't know if you watch yeah. legends of tomorrow, but, it, but also imagine that the, the characters have no control over where they right. go. Yeah. See the library every time do. they, so yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like, it's like quantum leap or sliders where it's kind of, it's just kind of random every time. And they have to, you know, they get their feet, they jump in with both feet mm -hmm. and they got to figure it out as they go along. But, <laughs> but yeah, so, so he gets back in touch with his family and, and you find out that, you know, now the main, some of the main characters are not who they say they are. It's, it, it's really coming to a head. And I think this book is actually going to end after in the next year, which is, it breaks my heart. Oh, wow. I didn't know it was ending. Yeah, well, I think it's it's 
Yeah, you know, it's like a lot of indie books, you know, it's like they tell their story and then they don't want to give you too much of a good thing. So like Seinfeld, they end it while they're on top. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure sure he's doing. Sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, nothing. You know, you you, last time you were on a show, you really talked about it. Uh, I've got another friend, uh, Big Sam, who does who's one of my co-hosts on uh, Me Hits on Movies. He's a big like I asked him about his top five and he was like black science. And I was like, yeah, Man, fuck, you know, this is there's so many books out there, guys. And and this is one book that I keep telling myself that I'm going to read. And I, I'm Yo, gonna that read. and Southern Bastards, man. Well, oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that's on my list, too. Southern it's Bastards. But, yeah. but, I, but it's I, like how you how you have Aaron. I've got Remender. I'll read anything this guy does. Well, and I mean, I know you read Deadly Class. So, well. Uh, and if you're cool with that, we'll segue into my number five. Yeah, boy. Deadly class, motherfuckers. Uh, another Rick Remender book. Uh, I thought it was so funny when you did Black Science. I was like, oh, shit, that's Remender. This is great. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, written by Rick Remender, art by Wes Craig. Um, I like the, the books on my list. One of the one of the criteria for me, and I'm sure it was for you too, Casey, that I get excited when I see an issue like, like on the, on the shelf. Cause you know, I like, I don't look and see what's coming out. I kind of like to be surprised. I have them on my pool list. So I know I'm not going to miss them. But when I walk in the comic shop and I take a a look and I'm like, fuck daily class. Yes. Like that's out this week. Oh man. What's that? You know, when you, when you, when you see it on the shelf and you're like, that's out this week. I can't believe it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, Oh my God. I feel like I just read it. You know what I mean? Cause I'm, I, I reread it. Uh, I, I love this shit, man. Let me let me tell you what it's about. Um, it's set in San Francisco in the Reagan era of the 80s. All right. And what's so cool is, man, it captures all the anger of the youth at that time. Uh, it's like my generation. Like I grew up during the fucking day. I'm an 80s kid. So I remember all that shit, man. Um, and like it's weird to say that like music plays a role in a comic book because there's no audio. Right. But it really, really does. Um, you've got like, um, oh my God, I had, I had all these, um, there's a, there's a character right now. His name's Helmut and he's from like Turkey or no, he's from he's, uh, East German, East German. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And he's like this metal head, like classic eighties rocker shirt, blonde hair. And he's constantly like reciting uh, lyrics to heavy metal music or in like him and another girl who's kind of like emo. She's very much into the clash and Depeche mode. Yes. Depeche mode. And he's like telling her why it's fucking trash and she needs to be listening to metal. But th- that's not what the book is about. The, the whole they, issue where they're on the road, listening to music and getting high is yes, amazing. Yes. And that's another thing I was going to say. This is a very adult book, like sex, drugs, violence. Uh, It's not for your kids, but it is about kids that all go to the school in San Francisco. It's called the the King's Dominion uh, School for Deadly Arts. And it has all the entrapments of high school it's got clicks it's got your uh your high school insecurities it remender does a fantastic job of creating characters that you care about and this book a lot like the walking dead no characters safe like from the first arc there is a there is a hero there i say hero there is a lead man by the end of that arc 
There is no lead man. There's very few fucking people left from the first arc. No one is safe. No No one. Not one person is safe in this book. So don't get attached to somebody, but see, that's where Remender gets you. You do get attached to these people. It's like I thought Helmut was going to bite it a couple issues ago, and I fucking was like, I was sweating by the time I got to the issue. Six guys at once. Yeah, bleeding out of of his ears. He's so badly messed up. I love him. He's like one of my favorite new comic characters. Uh, But yeah, but Deadly Class, it's a a fantastic book. Um, Yeah, I've said it all. I'm looking at my notes. Uh, Oh, what's really cool is the Dominion School or the King's Dominion School. It's all underground in San Francisco, right? There are actually buildings like that in San Francisco that have been covered or recessed or whatever you want to call it from earthquakes like there's entire structures underground in san francisco so that's kind of cool that remender took something that's actually you know a, a, an actual location for for the king's dominion school but uh it's a great book guys check it out the first volume is i'm telling you right now you get that first volume you're going to be fucking hooked on for the second volume and and you read also you read it also don't you casey Oh yeah. Okay. So, would you? Do you like last year's group? I would. I would have put it on my list, but I knew it was going to be on your. List. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's kind of reason I asked yeah. you for your list earlier. So I was kind of like, I don't want kind of the same books, but you don't want to double up. That. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but do you like last year's group of freshmen or this year's group of freshmen better? You know, it's it's tough because you still get some glimpses of last year too. Yes, like they're, some of them still pop in and out. Oh yeah. So they're still like, like important, but um, it's, Oh man, it's I don't tough. know. I, you know, helmet, helmet is some character though, man. Right. He is, is everything that he does is really fun to watch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So he's fantastic. I, I'm, I'm down with the new, I'm down with the new class. Cause they also got like a star scream traitory yes. little punk ass son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's and there's a lot of humor in this book too. That's I guess that's something that we, it, I really can't state enough because it's funny, and and that's one yeah. of the things that's one of the things that gets you to like these characters is you're like, oh my god, that dude's hilarious. Or there's actually this redneck chick from the south. She's like from the Dixie, the Dixie mob. <laughs> we bring it up every time, dude. And the way she talks, you're like, man, she's fantastic. Uh, she's total, totally horrible. But you love her, nevertheless. I mean, we're talking. I mean, this book has got like, like they're they're racist, violent. Like, yes. There, there's no punches pulled here. None. Nobody's teenagers in a school for assassins who all come from horrible families. Right. Right. Yeah. Everybody's like, a villain. They're really, bad. they're bad people. Uh, and and another cool thing, just another side note to this. The Russo brothers that are have done the Captain America movies, they're doing the Infinity War movies for Marvel. Really fucking good movies, guys. They are doing a TV show based on Deadly Class for the Sci-Fi Network. So that's coming soon. So and Re- I, Remender saw it and he's like, "This is going to be great." And I'm like, "If the creator has got no issues." Dude, I am so on board. I'm so on board. Like, I cannot. Somebody was like, well, it's on fucking sci-fi. Sci-fi, guys, is they've got some great shows. Like, Sci-fi's got my favorite show of all time. What is it? Warehouse 13. I've never seen Warehouse 13. Let me tell you something. 
Travis. <laughs> Warehouse 13 is like it's X Files if it was about history instead of conspiracy theories. Oh. So they find all these like wacky, like not props, but like historical artifacts that all have like some quasi mystical like superpower. Yeah. And they it's like you know the last scene in uh Raiders where they put the Ark of the Covenant in that warehouse yeah. with like all these other boxes and you don't even know what else they might have in there. Right. right. This show is basically what if that warehouse from the last scene of Raiders had its own staff and agents that went on collecting stuff. Wow. It's awesome. That does sound it's awesome. so cool. Yeah. I'm going to have to check it out. Is it on Netflix or anything? Do you know? I don't. I haven't watched it again in years. Yeah, but um, I'd like to see it. It's, it sounds really, really cool. Wow. Yeah, but don't undersell sci-fi, man. Sci-fi is like, hell yeah, it's got good shows. Yeah, The Magicians. Like, the magi- I love The Magicians. The Magicians, for, for those of you who don't know, is like uh, adult Harry Potter. Like, okay, you know, magic in the real world, come on. Okay, and I'm not talking like Doctor Strange type shit. I'm talking like Harry Potter magic. And there's a school that they will teach you more magic. And then there's, uh, it's called combat magic. Like I, I just did this thing with my arm, like I'm doing combat magic. But like it, it's <laughs> getting your getting your strange on, my right strange now. on right now, man. But this is it's it's the chicks are fucking smoking hot. And let me tell you, okay, I'm just gonna sum it up. Like you think, ah, it's still sci-fi. There was an episode where a chick had to drink Minotaur cum to per, to perform this spell. Like this Minotaur, he fucking, it was a huge joke to him because he's an asshole. They needed his magic. And he was like, oh, I'll give you my magic. And he spalked in a fucking jar. It was like a gallon. And she had to drink it. And it showed her drinking this shit. And she, it's like, it, it's like that scene in, uh, um, Jackass. Yes. Oh, yeah. But it's a hot <laughs> chick. It's a hot chick drinking this fucking Minotaur nut. And it's so <laughs> gross and so hot at the same because it's spilling all over her mouth. And she's like, oh, oh, my God. Like, I might have to rewind this. It's so disgusting. But that I'm just telling you, that's just one of the things that they do on the show. And that is on Sci-Fi, guys. So, Deadly Class coming to Sci-Fi. Do not just- yeah. If you like Minotaur semen, check out the magicians. <laughs> right, right, right. All right, man. Give me your uh, number four. All right. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this is a one shot, which is rare for me because it's it's not often I find a, like a, just a, a single book. Like I got to get a couple issues in to really get into it. Uh huh. The Batman Elmer Fudd one shot. Oh, which oh, was. Part of the series of the DC Looney Tunes crossovers, like you know, you had your your Martian Manhunter, um, Marvin the Martian one, and yeah. you know other stuff. But the the Batman Elmer Fudd book, it's drawn by Lee Weeks, mm-hmm. who, Fantastic. in my opinion, is the best comic book artist currently drawing. Wow! Yeah, I know. Wow. Bold claim, right? Bold claim. Yes. Hot Bold thing. claim. Yeah. But I mean, look, you've seen the guy's art. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you know, oh, yeah. Everything from the way that he sets up a scene, how it looks, each individual character, the panels, 
the guy is a modern master of composition. And I don't say that just because I've got his copy of Modern Masters on my bookshelf, too. <laughs> he draws like it's almost like an old school comic, but it, with with the new school like levels of detail. Right. You know, like he's drawn like all these old guys like Ramita Sr. and, you know, George Tusca and guys from way, way back in the Silver Age, you know, yeah. like, you know, your Burns and, and all that stuff. Um, but just everything about his art is so dynamic. So I'll immediately buy any book that he ever does. Yes. Like I hadn't bought a DC book in years until he I saw that he was doing Superman. Like he did that a couple issues of Superman where he's like married with the pregnant Lois. Yes. You know, this was like when I think Convergence was happening, what? something. But, oh, just beautiful. But this Elmer Fudd Batman book, it sounds crazy, oh, right? Yeah. You'd think, it's just ridiculous. Right. Like, the goofy hunter guy from Looney Tunes and the world's greatest detective having a team up. Yeah, sure. But the way the story is framed, Silver St. Cloud is dead. And both Batman and Elmer Fudd have their own reasons to investigate her disappearance slash murder slash whatever. Right. And they come into conflict as two, you know, people might in this situation. Just how everything falls together is so perfect. And Tom King is a freaking like if you didn't think Tom King was a genius based on his work from Vision or even what he was doing right. on Batman. Just this one shot alone should endear you to the fact that you can have a serious story with a ridiculous premise and it it completely right. works. Yeah, and, and I'll be honest, like, I don't remember what I ended up giving that book because uh, I know everybody was like just fucking four off and at the mouth for it on Twitter. This is a lot of people's book of the year. Oh, oh, I know. I mean, yes, yes. Uh, and I, big time. I, I, I agree with you. I've seen it and I'm like, really? Now, I, I'm not saying really like what the fuck Uh it all everything you said is true. Um, like I thought it was going to be totally retarded and it was anything but uh, it was a very like, but it's not like Looney Tunes, Looney Tunes either. It's like very adult. There's human versions of all the Looney Tunes, right. you know, Oh, in that bar, like, like, the, bar. like the Tasmanian yes. devil is just this big burly guy yes. who's like so and what about, mad and unintelligible. He's like snarling. And what about bugs? Bugs was fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, as this Weasley gangster who's always talking his way out of situations. I mean, it's yeah, just the reimagining. It was was fantastic. And Lee, Lee, he his use of like darkness and shadow and contrast. It was. I mean, it's Taylor. I would love to see him on Batman. Like just just to see him on Batman for for a few runs. Would yeah, on, just an ongoing Batman. Oh my god, that would just be fantastic. But yeah, it's a. But uh, I didn't like the ending. I'll be honest. Ah, oh, come on. The ending when, when she actually isn't dead. Spoiler alert: she's not dead. Um, yeah. And then like her reasoning for pitting them to against each other. I didn't get it. It's like you know what it is. It's like any sort of well. The the story is also told. You know, if you if for those who haven't read it, it's told in like a noirish detective fashion Very, from yeah. Fudd's perspective. You know, like it's like you know she had the you know she had the ass of an angel. You know, but um, but he speaks with his lisp too, oh. so it's it's more ridiculous. But like any you know sort of short film noir story, it ends with a plot twist. Mm -hmm. That may or may not make sense, but is right. really just there to sort of throw you off. Right. 
And at the same time, kind of make you question, you know, what was this all for? Right. right? Yes. So it leaves you in this sort of weird, murky kind of question mark area, right. you know? And, you know, and I'll be honest, I'm a, I'm a, that's why I like that. ending. Uh, you know, I'm a Batman fanboy and it's oh, like, yeah. you're not going to outsmart him. And I feel like he was kind of like duped and I didn't like him being duped. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, I you know what? I chalk, you know, I don't want to get a no prize for every, uh, every explanation, <laughs> you know, to, to justify why a book is good or why a character acts a certain right. way. He straight, he definitely under, well, I'm. I'm. I think this Batman is a rookie for one. Yes, I get. I get that kind of like he's still a little green right, vibe. Right. Yeah, um, maybe. But he definitely. He definitely underestimates Fudd for sure. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and he does. He's like. He's like an unsuspecting limo driver yeah. who just happens to carry a shotgun. I mean, he still looks like Fudd. You know what I mean? He still yeah. looks like like a dumpy little goof. You know what I mean? But he's very capable. Uh, it's and I, I guys don't don't make I'm not trying to sound like I'm shitting on it because I'm not shitting on it at all. The art is it's, fantastic. It's it's definitely a, a mixed bag of a book. Like it may not be your speed if you're expecting a regular bag. Right, story. but it, I think this if it creates a discussion like this, it's definitely worth reading. I mean, it is, and it's yeah. I'm not even saying it's definitely worth reading. It is a must. I feel like it's a must read. Because it, he, Tom yeah. King does exert genius in a, a, just a ridiculous concept. When I heard it was coming out, I'm like, what the fuck? How could he do this? And then yeah. when I read it, I went, oh, my God. Out of all the great. people that team up with Batman. Right, right. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I to- totally agree. No, it, yeah. Uh, if you're looking for a more serious Batman story that is also written by King and drawn by Weeks, uh, what was it, last week? Batman Annual? Yes. That yes. came out? Good, oh good one. God. Yeah. Like, but technically it's got a 2018 cover date, so we couldn't put it on our list. list. Yep. I, I got it sitting <laughs> right here beside me, actually. It's uh, it, it, fantastic. I mean, yeah, Tom King, um, he's he's fantastic. And he's going to be on my list a couple more times uh, as this, this goes on. Are you ready for my number four? Hit me with it. All right. This is a weird one. This is a weird one. And no, someone already said it in the chat earlier. Shirtless Bear Fighter did not yeah. make my list. Oh. I know. And it, it, I didn't even make my horrible mention list, man. Come on. What that book's, that, look, that book's fun, but it's, you know, it's just it doesn't leave me hungering for more. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's a fun book. It kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, and I enjoyed the shit out of it. So, but that mean it makes my list. Come on, man. I'm still a critic, right? All right, um, this one can't give them all nine point sevens. <laughs> right, right. Uh, this very easily could have been my top book, but uh, because of certain criteria, I dropped it down. Black Monday Murders um, by Image, uh, Jonathan Hickman, fantastic writer, and Tom yeah. Coker, uh, who I really hadn't wasn't that familiar with until I started really getting into this book. And man, his like likely his art is he's got that man for a noir style comic, which Black Money Murders is it, it fits perfectly. But just to give you I was trying to man, this on my notes, this took me the longest because for several issues, you don't know what the fuck is going on. You have no. Yeah, you don't even know why everything collapsed. Yeah, you have no idea. You you kind of think of uh, it's it's this and then 
couple issues later, you're like, holy shit, it wasn't, you know. But um, it's a noir horror series about the power of dirty, filthy money. Uh, various schools of magic are actually Calistine banking cartels who control all of society. A secret world where vampires, black popes, enchanted American aristocrats, and hitmen from the International Monetary Fund work together to keep all of us in our proper place. This is the best I could do. Um, I think I kind of hit it all. Yeah. But you actually follow this detective Dumas who is investigating a murder and he finds a professor that kind of knows this underground Calistine organization. And there's, there's a lot of, of reading excerpts from different like emails that people have sent and from these families that are in power. Um, and it's just, it's just crazy. It's bonkers. But then as you're reading it, 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 everything that Hickman puts on the page, like all the dialogue, it's like poetry and all of it means something somewhere down the road. It's like, you could read this volume. I think you could reread this volume two or three different times and get something different out of it each time. And you read, you read it also don't right, Casey. No, I don't, but I've heard a lot of good things. Oh, okay. It, I mean, it's incredibly dense. I mean, it really is. Um, it's like, there's this is what I put in my notes. It's funny. Uh, it's scary, violent. There's a lot of a lot of sex, a lot of violence. And there's so many oh shit moments you need toilet paper like for every issue. I mean, and it's like you'll turn a page, and you'll go, oh, fucking shit. Like, no way did that just happen. And then you're like, where does the story go from here? And you may not know that issue. And then two issues later, you're like, oh, my God, like it. it this it, this book is definitely uh an investment like it's you're investing your time in this story that hickman's telling you but it's just brilliant coker's art is brilliant um it, it could have easily been one of my best my my top book of the year sure sure, <laughs> sure. Wait, what, what knocked it down say, bud is it just the thickness that knocked it down like um, the over like yeah, that and it, it, is it because it's kind of like maybe off your beaten path of, it, it of typical is. reading? It, it, and it's also like uh, I'm a superhero guy, so like anything out of that genre, it gets knocked down a, a bit. Not saying it ain't good, and I, I've seen where uh, Black Monday Murders was on a lot of people's top list, like uh, they're like they're one and two. So I'm cool with that. Um, it's just for me, it's it, it takes a while to get going. I'm a Jonathan Hickman fan. Uh, Infinity, uh, the big the big event that he did for Marvel was fucking amazing, and mm-hmm. but he took over a year to kind of get that story out. Now I know that was a lot of that was planned because um, he was dropping seeds in a lot of different books, but it, it, it takes a minute to get going. But the art is so good and it's just compelling. It's like I want to know, like, what the fuck is going on? I want to know. And for, for that kind of story, I feel like it, it, it needed to be on that list. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you check it out. Uh, if you just read, like, I would be curious in your thoughts if you just read, like, the first couple of issues. Like, if you read the first couple and you wanted to know more, then you're, that, you get that every issue. Like, every issue, you get that. And now they're starting to answer some questions. So now you're really fucking frothing at the mouth for more. So I'd be curious of your opinion uh, yeah. on Black Money Murders. Who's your number three? 
My number three. Now this this was a tough tough toss up because I again I did drop two books because I knew you were going to talk about it. Okay. So I'm gonna go. Okay. I'm gonna go with the uh, the companion book to one of yours, which is going to be Doctor Afra, ah. uh, Star Wars line of Marvel comics. Good. Um. Yeah. Because uh, we know Vader's on your list, man. Yes. <laughs> like there's no there's no dancing around this anymore, right? We got Star Wars, we got Afra, we know that we're building up to the big man in black himself. Right, right, exactly. Uh Dr. Afra is probably the closest thing Darth Vader has ever had to maybe a sidekick. Yes. Um if you can if if you can really put her in that box, although she is so much more as a character. Uh she's a breakout character from the first volume of Darth Vader which was uh, when Kieran Gillen was writing right. it. Um, she's uh, an archaeologist, like a, a sort of a scientist archaeologist in her own way, uh, basically kind of running across the universe, having to, or the galaxy, excuse me, when we're talking Star right. Wars. Um, bouncing around the universe, having adventures, discovering things, getting in bed with people. It's kind of like, it's kind of like how you would write a, a Han Solo story if he were more of an ambitious character. Like Han's always getting by doing jobs, you know, by the skin of his teeth. Sure. You know, and he's got the mouth and the skills to back it up. But Afra's a little different in that she's always got a mark and a target that she's going after. And she's definitely more cunning than a character like Han is. And willing to go to lengths that he's not. Fantastic con, con woman or con person. Yeah. Oh, big time. Big time. Like, you know, our introduction to Han Solo in Star Wars in 1977 is a guy crosses him in a bar and he shoots him dead under the table. Like, yeah, stone cold badass. But then, you know, he kind of, I don't want to say warms up or softens out, you know, as he hangs out with Luke and Leia for a while. But he's definitely not the same sort of cold blooded smuggler that he is in the original Star Wars by the time he is a return Jedi. Afra's pretty. She's lighthearted, but she keeps it pretty ruthless because she's able to run with Vader for as long as he deems her existence. Right, and she knows that. Which is, yeah, and she knows that, and, you know, she's very smart about it. But it's not just her that makes this book great because she's got, like, a whole motley crew of characters. She's got Black Kersantan, who is a Mad Claw Wookiee barbarian. Yeah, he's all And Bounty Hunter. She's got um, Triple Zero, who's a sadistic torture version of C-3PO. Um, and she's got a, an astromech droid that's just measured out to the teeth with BT? weapons. BT? Like, she, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot his, his full yeah. uh, call name. But, yeah, it's, it's B, they call him BT. You know, in the same way you'd call R2-D2 right. R2. Um, but, yeah. So, she's got, like, this motley crew of, like, degenerate dark versions of of characters that we've we've sort of seen in star Wars. And it's, it's nice to, you know, have a, a story with kind of a bad guy right. protagonist. Um, the first arc of, of the book run that started, technically it started in December of 2016, but you know, we all know how that two month to the direct market rule goes, you know, a book's got f- forward right. billing. Like it's technically like the February issue right. or whatever. Um, she finds like an ancient Jedi crystal and ends up putting it in a robot. Like there's all kinds yeah. of weird, like wacky, wacky stuff going on. But uh, the fact that this little side character, not little, I mean, but uh, what would be like a secondary character now has one of the best 
titles coming out of Marvel Star right. Wars yeah. line is great. Like she was the main focus, like of the uh, the the Scarlet Citadel, or what was it? Screaming is that that. Screaming Citadel, the Screaming Citadel crossover that also happened this year, which was fine. Screaming Citadel, um, yeah, Screaming Citadel, yeah. Uh, her inclusion in that was great. She's really, you know, she's really, she's got her own like sort of enemies in the Empire. Like she's really like becoming her own thing, uh, and I, I just, I like it a lot. I, there's just something about this book that's that keeps drawing me in month to month. Yeah. When uh, normally I'd be like, ah, I don't, I don't even read regular Star Wars anymore. Right, right. Yeah, you know? her, her book's fantastic. And, you know, one of my big theories and uh, for the Star Wars, uh, you know, universe was that she oh, was Ray's mom. Yep. Like that. I was so dead. Like going back and watching Force Awakens when she's putting the goggles, you know, the goggles, you know, she's got the goggles on her face and she's scavenging for stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, that that's, that's her fucking that's Dr. Offer, man. That's Ray. That is Offer's kid. For sure. And in that Screaming Citadel book, her and Luke, like she's really infatuated with Luke. Uh, Yeah, they have like this like, like cute kind of chemistry. It's weird. Yeah, it's a weird chemistry. Uh, But, you know, and I'm like, why do that? Why, why, why introduce her? Why do that storyline with Luke? You know, and. Well, you know, we don't know if that what what happened in Last Jedi is true or not. Whether her parents are nobody, I don't know. Uh, Spoiler alert, folks! Turns out all those theories you had were freaking wrong. Wrong, right? Yeah, I did a forty-five minute show on shit like that that Ryan Johnson likes basically took shit on. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a fantastic book, um, and it, it is one of it is one of my favorites. And I'm actually kind of disappointed in myself that I didn't put it on my honorable mention because I I do really really enjoy it. Uh, what are you going to put all the Star Wars on your list? Huh? <laughs> yeah, I should have really. It's really good stuff, though, for the most. They're pumping out great. Like even they did a the Mace Windu book recently yes. was really solid. Like, everything they're putting out in the Star Wars line, which makes the movie that much more disappointing. Exactly. Exactly. It's like we've got well, these great yeah. stories, but yet you gave us this. I mean, come yeah. on. But uh, well, look. We've been doing. We've been dealing with this for like twenty years, man. The expanded universe yeah. has always been like the highest quality of stuff. I agree. I totally, totally agree. Uh, yeah. Okay, my number three. Um, it's I'm going to catch some shit for this, but that's okay. I don't give a fuck. Is the Walking right. Dead? Uh, another. Oh come on! What? Oh, you're gonna give me? I don't want to. I don't want to boo you on your own show, <laughs> man. But come on. I'm gonna tell you why it is. Um, All right, my number. Sell me, sell me on this blazing okay. defender. All right, Robert Kirkman has done something that I've never seen done in a TV show, in a movie, in a, in a comic book ever. Okay, and he's redeeming or trying to redeem one of the most probably hated characters in comic books. And when I say hated. I mean, like you, you love he's to like, hate him. You love to fucking hate him, and nobody you love to hate more than Negan. And what he has done is in these last eight issues, and they actually had an origin story come out in trade form uh, that was done in the back of the Walking Dead magazine. Um, it is. It, I've never seen this done before. It is fucking fantastic. I don't care how bad you want to hate this guy. And of all the bad, nasty, evil shit that he's done, Kirkman shows you why. they they He shows you rationale to his madness. 
And then what would it take to redeem a character like that to Rick, to uh, Maggie? Um, and and I'm telling you, it works. And it's it's fan fucking tastic. If you don't read, you don't have to read anything till after all all out wars over, and the Negan Rick thing. I won't spoil that, but obviously he doesn't kill Negan. Uh, now whether he does in the TV show remains to be seen. I hope he doesn't because I want to see some of what Kirkman's done in the comic book play out on TV. Because like my wife, like I, my wife's probably never read a comic book in her in her life. And I wanted her when I got the trade of Negan's origin, which is fucking fantastic. I gave it like a 9.8 on my show. Damn. Yes. It's that fucking good, man. Like, listen, I know the art in that book is just as good as it's always been. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, uh, Charlie uh, Adler. 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 Yeah, that's an R. <laughs> it looked like a fucking N. Yeah, yeah, that's an R. Yeah, Adler. Adler. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, the art's great. He does, and I tell you what, does, I tell you what's so fantastic about his art. It's like what distinguishes the, every artist we've talked about has been fantastic, right, guys? Yeah. Well, this is what sets him apart: his emote, like the emotion that he can give characters' faces, like the look of shock, the look of horror, the look of love, the look of loss. The look of anger, hate, insanity. He can give you all that in every character that he does. And that's something that it's it's hard. That that's hard for artists to come across with. Some guys are great at action scenes, some guys are great at violence, some guys are great at at you know uh backgrounds, you know. Um, this guy's the, the, for me, this is his his trademark is emotion that he can give he can give uh the the protagonist. And what is I'm telling you, man, you've got you guys. If you read this Negan origin, you're going to want to know more because it kind of makes it look like there's a reason for everything he did on the show. There's a reason for everything he did in the comic book. And then you begin to see, is he much different than Rick? So and which yeah, Rick has kind of he's gone down a dark road, man. Yes. Yeah, he has. He has become a severely morally compromised character. Right. But so it, the, the fact that you can compare him even is right. just just a far cry from the same character we've been reading. And there was since a couple issue issues in this where you get a look at Rick and the group from Negan's perspective. And it's so eye opening. Like it's it, it's just Kirkman's done something like we've never seen a redemption story for the Joker. We'll never see one for Vader, even though like, you know, Vader didn't, you know, at the very end, he sided with Luke and all that shit. Um, Like this is a long, like he's trying to get back in the graces of this group because he realized the way he was doing things before was wrong. And also, he definitely wants to live and not be shot dead in an alleyway. Yeah, but you know, you see, but that that's where I don't want to spoil anything, but I'm going to. (laughs) So, spoiler, you know, Rick doesn't kill Negan in the comic book because, and I think they set this up with the death of Carl or the death of Carl that's coming in the TV show. Spoiler alert if you're not caught up, sorry. Um, it, It it's setting that up because Carl was wanting a better world, like. Hope ain't enough, Dad. We've got to do better than hope. And in the comic book, Rick doesn't kill Negan. 
against everybody on his side because he said this is the start of something new. Like we're we're not going to keep doing that. We're, we're breaking the circle of violence. We're breaking the circle of revenge. And it starts with this guy. It's like, how many times can we keep going from one place to another with people dying? Exactly. So they keep Negan locked up for a long time. And it, it's, it's, it's just good stuff, guys. Uh, I could talk about it all day. But um, so, yeah, Walking Dead on my number three list. Check it out. Um, oh, and this is something I want to say really fast. Um, I'm going to give you five reasons why if you watch the show, you should watch, you should read the comic book. Um, it, it's, it's vastly different. There are characters that are still alive in the comic book that are dead on the show and vice versa. So if they killed your favorite character on the show, chances are they're still alive in the comic book. Um, except for Glenn, that bastard got in. Yeah. He still pretty much gets destroyed just like he did on TV show. Um, there's a lot of cussing, which is going to make you love Negan even more because he's so fucking over the top. Uh, it's just hilarious. You're, if you love Jeffrey Dean uh, Morgan's character on, on um, the show, you're going to love it in the comic book, I promise. Um, I, and I already talked about uh, Adler's art. It's fantastic. Um, and there's so much more character development in the comic book than on the TV show. Like, you really get a look at what makes people tick. And, and Kirkman does it in just so few pages and he's got so many characters about me does it just fantastically uh yeah and like i said kirkman's writing is it, is the main reason you should be reading a comic book which i know he, he's got he's a technical advisor on the tv show and i'm sure he's in the writing room helping these guys uh you know uh, scott gimble and these guys make the story go forward but uh you really need to check out his comic book but that's my number three what's uh what's your number two Number two is going to be oh, this is tough. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Ultimates Two by uh, Al Ewing and a couple. It's I've got a couple of different artists, wow. but um, that's a very that's a that's kind of an out of the blue pick, and I love it. That's a fantastic book. Yeah, it started really really strong. Yeah, I think Travel Foreman does art for most of the. For, of this run, at least. Uh, all right. So, little background. Uh, Al Ewing started writing Avengers with um, Mighty Avengers, which had, like, a team of Superior Spider-Man, Luke Cage, like, a couple other people. It was uh, Blue Marvel. He brought, he brought back the Blue Marvel and had them go about it for a little while. But when he did the first volume of Ultimates, he added uh, Miss America Chavez. He added Carol Danvers. Um a lot of a lot of cool characters, like mostly women too, and Black Panther. So you got a, a cast that's got a ton of diversity on it, but their goals is not your classic superhero like fighting. It's they're looking to solve problems that are affecting the universe on like a global scale. So in volume one, they pretty much figured out how time travel in the Marvel universe works, which is insane, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But they they establish all kinds of great stuff like uh, like the sliding time scale and and like all kinds of stuff. But the second volume they deal with like the universe is at a cataclysm after Secret Wars. Reality is falling apart at the seams. Galactus is 
now redeemed, <laughs> that was, and he's the life bringer. That was awesome. What an awesome story that was. There's just like 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 hit after hit after hit in this crazy like. Black just starts getting a team together. He gets Ego the Living Planet. He gets the Infinonaut. He get like because there turns out there's been seven different versions of like there's so many light like cosmic layers of this book that deal with the Living Tribunal, Master Chaos, Lord Order, like ev like everybody, all the Celestials, and yet there's still enough room in here for them to bring back some cool characters that were in the new universe, mm -hmm. you know, in the eighties. That that uh, Jim Shooter thing, um, and have great moments with all the characters in this main book, like a romance between Monica and um, Adam Brashear, and like Carol Danvers not being a bitch for once, which is super good, <laughs> right? Because they really, really ruined her character in Civil War right. too, and in this book, like you get a real, from her perspective, you get a real understanding of you know where she was yeah, coming from, and you're like, oh, you know, that kind of makes right. sense. I wish Bendis wrote this a lot better. Right? Yeah, I agree. But now, who's, but the, it's, who's oh, the writer on this? Al Ewing. Al Ewing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He. I mean, I met him at New York Comic Con this past year. Very humble, unassuming British guy, just but he knows his stuff. Oh yeah, like he put the work in, and he's kind. He's kind of like like the new Hickman, right? I would say, yeah. I'll, like yeah. Hickman did all this huge stuff in FF. And, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's Go that's ahead. a great. No, it's uh that man. Uh, I love that pick. Uh, that's a that that pick. I'm really pissed off myself. I didn't put that. Uh, in my in my honorable mention because that is a really really good book if you guys are really like i've had a lot of people come up to me about wanting to know about the infinity war and thanos and, and all this cosmic stuff it really gets in the weeds when you get into um the comic version of the infinity stones and like like casey said this these layers of uh the cosmic beings that kind of rule over the marvel universe um, but this, the ultimates do it so well. And like you said, they interject new life and, and new characters into this. And they kind of like rewrite things in a way since uh, secret wars was over. So yeah, it's for, the cosmic hierarchy yeah. is, is fair game for anyone to take. Right, right. And, and, and that story really is not over yet either though. Right. Like there's still some, oh, yeah. uh, there's lingering things. Yeah. But it, it mostly polished off, um, I think it was what they did a, a 100 issue because mm -hmm. at a legacy, they did all the, the, the back numbering. Yeah. I don't know if I've read um, that yet then. Yeah. It was in, it, the final issue is actually kind of interesting because mm -hmm. basically the ultimates become Galactus's like team. Right. Like okay. he, maybe I did, read you know, he, he more or less takes on like nine heralds to kind of help him fix reality when, yeah. you know, all these multiverses are, are converging and stuff. And they go up against like the original ultimates in this issue and uh, the maker who's okay. the original I ultimate Reed Richards. Well, Reed Richards. Yeah. The evil Reed Richards. Oh, who's the best. The best. <laughs> awesome. Reed Richards was never so cool as when they, when they did that to him. Yeah. You're absolutely right. But, but it's, it's great. It's just, it's, it's very like high, high end stuff 
which normally you'd get in a book like Guardians of the Galaxy, but right, since right. Bendis has been writing that book for like six years, although he ended, I think, last year, I haven't been reading it. I mean, I, I haven't read Guardians since like maybe 2012. No, I but either. It, it, when when Abnett and Lanning were on that book, you know, when Thanos Imperative and stuff and War of Kings and all those were going on, that's the only place where you would get high concept cosmic stuff. So it's cool to see it in what should be a main Avengers book. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, they they yeah, yeah that's one of the things they did pretty well was um, kind of mainstreamed it. I think as best as it could have been done really. Yeah. Well, you know what it is though, now that the book is finished, you can get the whole thing collected. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a yeah. great that'd be a great uh trade paperback for anybody to have. Like I volume, have volume one and two, a total of twenty four issues. Yeah, that'd perfectly be- solid, done in one, self contained. Yeah, that'd be a, a good a good trade to have. I, I, I think I need to get that. I'm you know what I'm gonna write that fucking down. I need to get that. <laughs> um all right. But but where are you gonna get it from? What do you mean? Is it not Come out? On, this is your perfect time for a shameless plug. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. If you talk about the, com- or, uh, the zone. Yeah, man. Or your local comic book <laughs> shop that you love. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was actually, that's funny you say that because I was writing it down. I was thinking I need to text Dan after the show and see if he's got it. Uh, yeah. There if you're in the Louisville area, the zone comic shop, guys, it is by and far one of the best comic shops, the best comic shop you'll go to in this area. Uh, it's a fantastic shop. If you go in, it's on um, shit. Her lane. Go go in there, check it out. Tell Dan that I said uh, Marcos the chat going the zone. What is with me in the collector zone? The zone. Uh, I need to maybe change the name of the show. Uh, but yeah, the negative zone. Yeah, <laughs> right. All kinds of zones. all kinds of zones going on. Uh, but yeah, that'd be a great trade. To have. <laughs> <laughs> we need to come up with a commercial. We need to do a commercial. Um, all right, okay. my number two. Uh, we're at a minute. We're at an hour twenty one. So we we need we need to get to moving. Um, Darth yeah. Vader, my number two, which is like what? What's number one, dog? Uh, but number two is Vader. Uh, what is this book about? Well, basically, Vader is still in the doghouse from the Empire Strikes Back uh, and the Death Star blowing up. He's still the Palpatine still pissed off at him because he failed him. He's basically taken his lightsaber away and said, uh, go get your fucking own, bro. And so that sets Vader on a mission to find a lightsaber, a crystal. Um, and we get a lot of uh, canon changing stuff in this comic book. Um, let's see here. Uh, this I, is I, in I, this I, book. I don't, don't want to throw in a correction here, but it's it's. No, after, yes, please. It's after Revenge of the Sith. And is it after revenge? Yeah, because it's still it's still the Jedi purge. Okay. Well, what did I say? I said after Empire Strikes Back. Dan. Yeah. You, yeah. Yes. Yes. After revenge. He is yes, in the, is is the doghouse though, because he's yes. basically he's he's fresh off the operating table. Right. Right. And that is a big theme in this book: is Vader coming to terms with this new body, this new droid body that he has. Um, and when I say, you know, some, some canon changing stuff, maybe not changing, but uh, we actually find out that what makes a Sith lightsaber red is, you know, we always thought, well, it was just a red Kyber crystal that's a, or a red crystal that they used. Well, when we find out from Rogue One that these Kyber crystals are actually kind of sentient crystals 
And the force, the dark side, actually makes these crystals bleed, which is what makes the lightsabers red for the set. Pour that hate into this crystal. So cool, man. What a great fucking idea. Um, But yeah, but one of the best things in this issue is in issue three, Vader battles a a Jedi, like maybe the last, well, he's not the last Jedi, but He's a he's a Jedi exile master infula. Yeah, uh, like he's it's a self imposed exile. Like he's yeah. contemplating his role in the Force. So he's kind of like said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna leave." I don't know. Like I don't know if he if he's thinking that the Jedi, like being generals in this Clone War, or whatever, was a wrong thing. Which we kind of get that in the Mace Windu book too. Uh, and he's kind of like taking himself out to contemplate meditate whatever the fuck jedi do in exile but he's a bad motherfucker and that's another thing that this book that does that the first volume, first two volumes really didn't do for vader was you know he's this unstoppable machine right like he's just unkillable he's just, he's a he's a, a dis- destruction monster well in this book he's kind of not he is still getting used to his his robot body and he's not the the badass that he is soon to be, and he is still hugely badass though. Oh yes, huge. Yeah. And this book does not let you forget no, it. No, like people talk about that scene in Rogue One all the time. The end, you know, the last five minutes, and they're like, "Oh my god, the best moment in cinema!" And it was a fantastic moment for me as well. But I'm kind of like, you know, I've been seeing this bad motherfucker every month for a couple years now. Yeah. And it's in his comic book. And that's what makes this comic book so fantastic is it shows you the badassness of Vader that you always knew he could be, but you really never got in the movies, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, because they can't move like the way they do. In this. Oh, right. Yeah. And again, you know, comic books can give you all that backstory, and that character development. And we get a lot of that in this in this issue or this story with Vader. Like it, when 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 uh, Infila destroys like a spoiler pushes him off a mountain yes i mean like he's basically like you're the guy that took the jedi out (laughs) like fuck dude i just whooped your ass and then vader uses the force and like puts his body back together uh with like battle droid like a training battle droid parts it's just so awesome man and then when he finally confronts infla again you really get to see Vader embracing the, the his hatred of even himself, I think. Uh, it's just yeah. really good shit, man. Yeah, but like you said, the highlight of this book is when we, in issue four, when we find out how, you know, you turn a lightsaber red. Yes. Yeah. Because he goes on this spirit quest where since he kills Infla and takes his lightsaber, he has to corrupt this already good crystal so on top of having to pour his hate into what might be like a blank crystal or something he has to overpower like the will of a jedi right yeah yeah that's a good point yeah and he he goes through this like spiritual journey of like redemption in his own mind right Right, right. killing the emperor meeting obi-wan again begging for forgiveness and he just spins it around and he's like no (laughs) yeah and all the regret all the shame all the guilt he just pumps it into this crystal yeah it was kind of like a moment where he could have turned again right like he could have yeah he very well could have went to the light side even after everything that's happened to him 
And at the last possible, because I was kind of like, man, where's this fucking going? And at the last possible moment, he's like, no. And then it's just like this. He's just committing to that. Yeah. uh, Giuseppe. uh, How do you say that? Kamikoli. Man, I tell you what. I'm not a fan of how he draws Vader's armor. He makes him more uh, rounded instead of like angular i think angular uh but yeah. but his fight scenes and everything else i mean it's a small pick because he does a really good job in that scene where he's pouring the hate out and just the energy that he puts in those panels is really fantastic uh and charles yeah. soul is but, just but every every issue is hit after hit right after that he we see the grand inquisitor from rebels and they fight and then we get the old librarian from Attack of the Clones. That, that, like, that got- might be my favorite storyline right now. Like, I love the Infola stuff. I love the Kyber Crystal. But, like, this, this librarian. The Jocasta new seen, stuff. You've seen her in, uh, was it two? Episode two? It was Clones. Oh, was it Clones? Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, no way. She was in the movie. She was also in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Attack, Attack of the Clones. Okay, so episode one. Oh, two. Oh, two. Okay, yes. So, yes, yeah. that's right. Thank you. Thank you. I was all fucking confused. Uh, I got you, man. Like to see her uh, in this in this uh, arena, basically, it's like, oh, my God, this is all like this is the kind of shit that irritates me when when I get shitty movies. It's like, wow, dude, you took the Jedi librarian and made her pretty badass. You know, like yeah. maybe she ain't the greatest, you know, swordsman. But she's smart, and she was in that position for a reason. And it's just, it, just such good shit. Uh, very well could have been my number one pick, but it it wasn't. This number one pick has got to be a pretty damn good book. Pretty, it's pretty fucking good, man. What's your yeah. number one? Give me your number. My one. number one. Yeah, my number one, no question. Dan Slot. Mike and Laura Allred on Silver Surfer. Wow. Okay. Hey, you know, I've seen this in a lot of people's number one slots. Uh, I I mean, I've got to read it. I have not read the first issue. I've had several people tell me, you've got to read it. You've got to read it. Uh, you got to read it from the beginning. So there's two volumes. So you're going back volumes. to like, okay. Oh yeah. You're going back to like 2015. It got a, it got a renumbering with uh, Secret Wars. You know, like a lot of books. All right, gotcha. But anyway, so tell me about it. this book, man. This book. So Silver Surfer is already my favorite character, like in anything. Oh, I like know that. comics, movies, television. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, I know you know. But but the people out there gotta know. Right. He's a warrior poet, cosmic, former herald of Galactus, constantly seeking acceptance and redemption everywhere he goes traveling all over the universe meeting alien species fighting in alien wars you name it he's seen it he's done it hundreds of years old got a wealth of life experiences what happens when he keeps bumping into this girl this human girl who's you think just completely unassuming just nothing really remarkable about her but he for some reason on two different ends of the universe he keeps bumping into her they start traveling together and the story unfolds like the like the if you've seen like if you've watched Doctor Who and you really like that show and you're like, wow, what if this really great show was like a hundred times better, <laughs> but also had characters that could like punch out space gods? 
this is the book for you. Wow, that's a great analogy. It's a great comparison. I love that. Yeah, because you know what? Like a lot of people's like problems, and I know this is one I had with Doctor Who, is that there, it's all cerebral and not like not enough action because he's literally got a tool in his hands that can help him solve any problem, which is fine. But, you know, with Silver Surfer, you actually get to see him shoot laser blasts and punch guys, which is cool, too. Um, so he starts traveling the world with this girl and they end up falling in love. But it's also one of those things where it's not so much about the destination, but the journey. Mm, yes. You know? So I've been reading this book for close to maybe two years now. And I'm kind of like, I'm still like on the fence of whether I really like it or not. I feel like it's going to be one of those books that it's going to, the quality of it is going to be based on the ending. Uh-huh. Even though, like I said, it's, it's really about the journey of how they get there. Right. There's an, it, there, there, so there's three issues that really stand out in my mind. The first one is one where they go to a space casino and you get to see M- Mephisto, Marvel's version of Satan, try and throw down with a six-armed alien and like a devil goes down to Georgia kind of deal. <laughs> Like fiddle the gold against your soul and all that. <laughs> they go to they go to the Grandmaster's Casino and the, it's a place where anybody can lose, even the devil. The surfer ends up getting a gold paint job and betting his board and losing it, and they have to work to get it back. Oh my god! But it's it's like think about like if the Grandmaster like owned a place and you could bargain anything. So you don't just lose money or possessions; right. you can lose your ability to see the color red. You can lose your ability to say the letter B, which comes up as like a blank in a speech bubble. It's so like surreal. <laughs> that issue is a ton of fun. That's Surfer number seven, wow. which you should definitely check out. Yeah. Another one is the way this book challenges you to actually read it. Yeah, Dennis, I know I'm, I'm missing the point of Doctor <laughs> Who. Shut up. I don't know if you've seen that or not. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. I completely – yeah. Listen – don't get me started all right i like the tenant years things changed all right my mentality of that show changed anything can be solved with an (laughs) applicable amount of violence i mean we it's history many a time so yes doctor who not be able to punch out space gods it matters dennis it matters yeah a little anyway a little so this other issue surfer and dawn his girlfriend are trapped in this time loop and the way that you read the comic is in like one of the infinity sort of Mobius strips. Like all the pages are a double page spread, but they continue into the next spread every time you turn the page. So imagine instead of reading, like, you know how you read from like, like from the top left corner to the top right corner and kind of work your way down in a zigzag yeah. normally when you read comics. Yeah. This one, you start in the top row and you keep reading to the right until it it curves around and then you literally have to turn the comic book upside down and keep following the path to keep reading. It's so, oh. it's so it, like, it gets you so immersed in the story because you're actually moving the medium that it's moving the book around. Uh, there was a, there was a, a Tom or I'm sorry, a Scott Schneider Batman issue. Uh, that did something like that. Yes. And yeah, I'm kicking myself in the ass now because it was like, at the time I was like, Oh my God, this is like, the coolest thing like it wasn't gimmicky because it worked and it sounds like that's what you're saying about this issue with um yeah surfer man that dude you've got me fucking excited to read this but this has got one thing that that's i guarantee you that snyder book doesn't have but to reach the conclusion of the story if you're like following you know the path that the panels give you Mm -hmm. you have to fold pages together so that the 
so that the path of the panels can connect and give them a satisfying conclusion. So as a reader, you actively help the characters reach the end of the story. It like blew my mind when this book hit the shelves wow. that they could pull off something like this, you know? Yeah, that dude, that's awesome. What is she was at? That one, I got to look it up. Um, I want to say maybe number, it's either number four or number six. Okay. So early on. Yeah. You're going to get, the, you're probably going to get the trade, but the yeah, digital but- version manages to make it work too. So wow. I'll be interested to see, to see what you think, but man, yeah. oh, it's it's off the chain. The best part of this, though, is the ending, because the final story arc has them travel back in time, so far back in time to the previous universe, where where Surfer gets to meet Galactus when he's still a man. Yeah, and he's faced with this choice: whether he can kill Galactus now, prevent countless untold suffering endless guilt that's burdened him over like the hundreds of years that he's been alive but he's learned so much from like being bonded to this human girl you know and learning you know love and right. you know that that your story your personal story kind of starts over every time you meet new people and are interested and, and like are introduced to new walks of life right so the ending of this book he goes back in time he's faced with the quandary of whether to kill galactus and you know maybe maybe save billions of lives but he realizes that this time could be spent in a world without conflict. The universe is ending. He can literally spend a single lifetime with this woman that he loves and he lives with her until the end of her days. It's so like, it's so not a superhero thing and so beautiful, yeah. man. Just like some of the best stories are like that. You know what I mean? Oh my like God. they're not superhero stories or human stories. Right. And with a character like the surfer, his constant chase for humanity over, you know, in, 55 years of publication that's that's great yeah. i just i adore this book yeah and i'm proud to have the omnibuses on my book um show. i you know it's funny because like when it you know i've I been been seeing it like uh you know reviewed on ign and all that and it's always like a nine five or nine seven you know every issue and i'm like what the fuck like it can't be that yeah uh but i knew i knew it could be but I'm like the surfer. But when you do something avant-garde with a character, like you said, that has so much history behind him and you do something that's never been done before, uh, it makes it fantastic, um, which kind of gets me to my number one. Are you ready? Let's hear it, man. Let's wrap this up. It's it's, it's- best book of the year. Blazing Defender. <laughs> My best, the best book for me of 2017 is Tom King's Batman. Yeah, um, it is. I, I really I don't know what to say about it, honestly, other than just giving it just fucking flowery words. But what to me, what he did, kind of like it sounds like the slot did with with Surfer is he gave Batman his humanity and he didn't do it by using a Robin or, or something like that. Now he does kind of use Selena Kyle like that in the, in the end, but what got me hooked and what, the reason I would have given this the best book, even after this story, which the stories that came after have been awesome too. It was the war of jokes and riddles, uh, which is a storyline. What's that? Kite man. Kite man. Yes. <laughs> Like, how does Tom King use a, I, I hesitate to even say D-list, 
character in Kite Man. He's actually lower like than that. Condiment King, Calendar Man, and then Kite Man. And then Kite Man. Right. Condiment Man is fucking ahead of me. I mean, come <laughs> on. But King makes, I mean, you feel you're invested in this guy, man. Like, just to give you a, a little bit of history on the War Jokes and Riddles, Batman is, he's a, he's a much younger Batman. He's actually telling the story in third person. He's telling the story to Selena Kyle. Um, this was like a Batman, like year three kind of. Yeah. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say he was like a year one Batman because he's, he's obviously no. still has some skills, but the war of jokes and riddles breaks out between a, a war between the Joker and the Riddler. And that's another thing that King does is like Riddler. Yeah, he's always been a, a great Batman rogue, but King elevates him like he makes him sinister. He makes him badass and he's still the Riddler. So it's it was a really different take on the Riddler as well. So they've got these two gangs in Gotham. They're warring against each other. And Batman is kind of helpless. Like he's like, like, like Casey said, like a year three Batman. So we still kind of new to the game. He can't take on two gangs like this. Like he, it's, it's just not in his, in his repertoire yet. So what ends up happening? I, like I said, I don't want to spoil anything, but cause there are some, there are some twists and turns, which always comes with any great story. And one moment. And what? Where Batman is nearly pushed over the edge. Yes. It's like, it's actually character defining. Like, and, and who saves Batman? I, mean, I don't want to spoil this at all, but who saves Batman from making maybe one of the biggest mistakes ever is somebody you would never think in a million years. And it's, it's just, it's classic. I mean, it really is like that issue was one of my favorite issues of the year because for me, it was so thought provoking. For one thing, you've got one of my favorite heroes of all time having a moral dilemma, which you never think of Batman having, right? And then he has it. And then what happens next, you're like, oh shit, I don't know how I feel about this anymore. It's it's so fucking good. And then every you, the stories that come after the war jokes and riddles. It looks like they're going to be just as character defining and as strong. I mean, I think I think the funny thing is, I think Tom King is the superhero here. Like his ability to write is I, the guys. The guys in the chat always when I talk about Tom King, they're like, "Do it, do it, do it!" And I do this thing where, like Bruce Lee, like was one of my favorites, and he used to say this saying: "It's the art of fighting without fighting." It's like Tom King has this art of writing without writing it's like what is he doing and then he does it and you're like oh shit it all makes sense now it's just it's fan fucking tastic it is definitely my book of the year uh what's your take on it casey uh i actually did read this because i don't want to i don't know if it was the last time what was the art did the arc finish the last time i was on your show oh yeah in episode 50 yeah right because you talked about it and you convinced me to read it. And uh, I'll tell you, it was great. But one drawback, yes. that 3D that 3D art, man, yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. I can't, it's an epidemic that's plaguing so many books and comics these right. days. Yeah. I, I see what you mean. I just uh, – I, it, honestly, it doesn't bother me that much. It really doesn't bother me that much. It's like I like the art on the book. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like it's uh, uh, Matt Gerard, Matt Gerald. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's just, there's just something about, like every time I see it, I'm like, I would just kill to see like a, just give me something more like a traditional comic book, yeah. man. It looks now. Uh, is La, I don't is know. LaRocca, it's just a personal. Is LaRocca on Star Wars? Is he doing that as well? Kind of. I, I want to say yes, because like you look at like the way that I w- am always able to pick this out and I knew Deodato is definitely doing it is you look at the hands. Okay. You can always tell if something's like a 3D model, if there's something with the way that their hands are. But LaRocca is doing this weird thing where he's like superimposing face. photographs yeah. over the faces yeah. to get like a good likeness. But it's so, it's like so jarring because yes. when you see him draw a character that's that's not right. You know, like right. in, like in the movies, right? They look normally drawn, and it's just very weird. Yes, yeah, I I, I don't this, like it's, that. It's, at all. All, it's consistent, at least. Right? Yeah, yeah. I would say that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I mean, now that, that now, don't get me wrong, there were some of the things like the the biggest argument I had in, in War of Jokes and Riddles was there was a an, an issue where uh, Deadshot and Deathstroke, you know, they're they're uh, I don't remember which one was for which uh you know, riddler or joker but they were you know on opposing sides and they 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 were trying to kill each other and it went on for like three days in gotham and like innocent people were getting killed and batman was basically like i couldn't take both of these guys on and i'm kind of like wow you know really but then like two issues later he does <laughs> And it's like, well, wait a minute. What the fuck happened here? You know, three, two issues ago, you couldn't take them both on. All these innocents died. And then you basically said, fuck it. And you did take them. And not only did you, you didn't pick them off one at a time. You fought them both at the same time. You know, so I thought that was kind of a misstep. I'm like, well, wait a minute. You know, again, like in Last Jedi, you know, we've got some established rules here. And you've established that you made a whole story about not being able to take them both on. And then you did. Did are we, were we supposed to forget what happened two issues ago? You know what I mean? So not to say Tom King doesn't have some some issues. He does. Um, but, you know, again, I, I think overall, you know, no story is perfect. Um, well, some are. But you know, when you get a run like that, I think you kind of, you know, you kind of have to give a little, give a little play here and there. But um, yeah, in in the stuff with Catwoman coming forward, uh, with, or, or continuing with with her and and him being engaged, I was like, what the fuck is this? And then like the last two issues are called Date Night, and they involve Superman and Lois Lane. And I've always been a huge fan of the Superman Batman dynamic. Like not not the them fighting shit, but like the brotherhood. World's finest. Yes, yes. Oh my god! Like that that run with Jeff Loeb and, and Ed McGinnis. That first run, I fucking loved it. Like how yeah, how they the public enemies arc. Yes, there you go. The pu- yes, public enemy. It, the way they thought about each other, like they never verbalized it, but they were thinking it, and that each other just kind of understood. It was just, it was fantastic. And King is, has done a similar thing. And, and, and Casey, I have to tell you, you've got to check out. If you just read one, read the last issue, read 37. Yeah. Read Batman 37. Lois, Clark, Selena, and Bruce go to a 
uh, they kind of go on a double date and they go to a circus and it's a heroes themed circus, like where everybody's like cosplayed. Okay. And they're not. And the guy won't let them in. He's like, because hey. they're not dressed like superheroes. What's that? Because they're not dressed like superheroes. Yes, they're not. They're, yeah, like you know, Bruce has got a suit on. I think Clark's got like a you know a, you know, a Kansas Jayhawk shirt on or something. Looking shit. like a dork. Yeah, looking like a dork. So Selena's like, "Hey, I'm hungry. We're going in here. You boys need to do this." Like Lois and Selena are the stars of this of this issue. It's so, always nice when they get the spotlight. So yeah, it is, and especially because this works so well. So they have to switch. They switch. So Bruce goes in in Clark's outfits and Clark goes in in the Batman cape and cowl. And he, it, what's great is he wears the glasses the entire time. <laughs> like he's got the cowl, but he's got the glasses on too. And it's just, it's so funny and so good on like, you know, cause Clark's kind of like wanting to know what the deal is with Selena. He's like, she's a criminal. You know this. And Batman's explaining, but not explaining because, you know, he's unforgiving, right? He's Batman. But it's just their dynamic plays out so fucking well. And it's hilarious and 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 touching and emotional. And it's 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 so good. Like it's one of the best single issues I've read in the last few months. So you, you need to check it out. I'd really like to get your take on it. You really need to check out that issue. Yeah, man. Well, if anybody's going to get me to read DC, it's you. Well, hey, I'm telling you. Yeah, like I'm a Marvel guy, man. I tell everybody. I'm a Marvel guy. You know, Cap, Thor. Those are my boys. I'm an Avengers guy. But I love Batman. I've always loved Superman. Um, they just bring something to the table that the others don't. And listen, there's a reason Batman and Superman have been around for exactly, 80 years. Exactly. Exactly. And it's so great. Like when, you know, I'm a big Scott Snyder fan and what he did him and um, shit, the artist, uh, Greg Capullo did Capullo, yeah. yeah, with, with their run. And then King came on I'm like, dude, you got big shoes to fill. And they're not, they didn't do what Snyder and, and Capullo did. They're not doing that. They're doing their own thing and it's fucking working. And that's, it's just, uh, it, it's writers, man. Like I'm a big, you know, when I was a kid, it was artists and now it's like writers, like, like you said, uh, Oh, I found out he's doing that book. I'm reading it. You know what I mean? Like Rick Remender's doing it. I'm gonna read it. You know, uh, I'm going to read anything Tom King does. So, but Hey guys, I want to thank everybody who joined in the chat. I'm sorry that my battery died. Um, I actually should have had a little bit for, more forward thinking and then I uh, had my, my portable uh, plugged into it. But uh, I want to thank everybody joining in the chat. Um, and, and I really want to give a fucking big, big blazing defender. Thank you to Casey Strohs from breaking the panel for being on the show today and helping me tackle these books. Um, There's too many books for one hero alone to take too many books, brother. I tell you, and man, you had some fantastic selections dude like you've got me excited to read black science uh silver surfer i mean um i'm really hyped to read those like you got me like i'm like silver surfer really like i know i i i think you misunderstood me earlier i didn't know he was your favorite 
that putts with his his short shorts in space. <laughs> you know, my brother uh, has. You know, since I started shaving my head, he has been dying for me to go Halloween as a Silver Surfer. Like he's like, oh, dude, spray just spray your body paint, just spray yourself silver, get a silver surfboard. It would be so awesome. So I'm gonna have to do it. Listen, when you when you read this run, the best part of it, now you got a couple's costume for you and the missus. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be perfect. Yeah. You know, I was trying to talk my wife in. Does his girlfriend, is she, she's not like an alien or from a, she had, no, normal. She's got like blue hair, but okay. that's it. That normal dress, that kind of thing. I was sneakers. trying to talk my wife into doing Drax and Gamora for. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> did. But she did not want to paint herself green. She said she's done that one year and it was awful and blah, blah. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. So, but yeah, but now Casey, uh, tell everybody where they can find Casey Stroh's at. Oh, you can, you can find me right here on the aptly named after today, giant size team up network. I'm featured as one of the co-hosts on breaking the panel. Yeah. Uh, the alleged flagship by the rock out of podcasting <laughs> <laughs> where I, where I team up with Charles McFall and Paul Klotz and soon to be a very special guest sitting in for Chris wisdom. Ah. So stay tuned for that in the coming year. Oh. Uh, who's that, who's also that guy going to be? Oh, who's to say, but I think he's got a mustache and enjoys rolling with those botched boys. <laughs> That's awesome. Good deal. Hey, and just to let you know, I think I'm going to be filling in a little bit for Chris um, while he's gone. Uh, I guess I guess I'm going to be doing what I guess Phil's not going to take. I don't know. Uh, but Charles has asked me. Yeah, Phil, 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 I think is first. And then I think we're getting somebody we're getting somebody else from the network every rotating. Month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Charles has asked me to give me uh all the dates that I can do the show in, uh, in, in January and February. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. Cause like I said, I know you're on there and I enjoy Paul and Charles too. So, but yeah, be looking for that guys. And, and the, we've got some great shows on this, on this giant size team up network. I mean, Bosch is fantastic. It's a D and D podcast. Bunch of guys get drunk and play D and D. It's fantastic. I, I, I listen to it, uh, religiously, uh, Breaking the Panel is another fantastic show where I feel like they elevate the conversation on everything pop culture related. Toy Power, they talk about vintage and, t- vintage and new toys. Um, and Pokemon Go. I have no idea what the fuck Pokemon Go is about because uh, I don't play Pokemon, but I know it's a very, <laughs> very popular show and people fucking love it. And I love Pokemon Joe. Met him at Dragon Con. I absolutely love him. Uh, so I'm sure that's a great show as well. So guys, check out these shows. Check out Casey. Where can they follow you? Can they find you on Twitter or Instagram or anything like that? They can find me on Twitter at, at TV's Casey. Awesome, awesome. So reach out to Casey if you like his picks. If you didn't like his picks, reach out to both of us. Uh, we want to hear your input. Always, always enjoy that fan interaction. Again, I want to apologize for the live feed uh, breaking down on me because my phone died. Um, but yeah, that, that well, was, now it's a surprise until they hear the edited version, right? Exactly. That's the reason you the guys thrilling conclusion to the podcast. keeping them in suspense. 
Mike Woodard does a fantastic job with music and stingers and, and everything. And and the Botch Boys give us great intros uh, to be shows. So you're missing a lot if you're not listening to the podcast. The live show's great. Don't get me wrong. I totally love that. And I love the fan, fan interaction. Because uh, I was actually watching the chat and seeing some guys like talk back and forth about comics. It was great. Um, but yeah, but listen to the podcast, guys. You're really missing out if you're not. But with that, I'm going to sign off. Casey, thank you again, brother, for, for being with me. And for the Blazing Defender in the 2017 Best Of, we're out of here, guys. Peace. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.